done so many, so many shameful things in my past. Like, oh my gosh, like, there, but there's no reason to, to roll around in that shame. You know, I could, I could feel shamed about all the things I did in my past, but that's not who I am anymore. And, you know, even if I did something now, like there's still grace and forgiveness and there's, you know, steps that I can take to turn and repent from whatever it is that I'm feeling guilt or shame about. Hey friend, welcome to Beyond the Booze. I'm your host, Victoria Plummer, daughter of the most high, wife, boy mom, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I know that you are sick of wallowing in shame after another night of binge drinking. I know that you want to quit, but you can't imagine a life without alcohol. My mission is to set you free from the lies, fears, and habits that are keeping you stuck in a toxic relationship with alcohol. In this podcast, you'll learn about spiritual growth, personal development, healthy lifestyle habits, and recovery education so that you can start living a life you love. If you're ready to take your power back, grow in your faith, and live a more purposeful life, you are in the right place. Whip up your favorite mocktail. Let's do this. Hey friend, and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we're talking about shame no shame. All right. But we are talking about shame. Um, this actually came from a listener in the Facebook group. Felicia asked, how do you overcome shame? And isn't that the question, right? Like shame is what keeps us stuck. Um, especially in the binge drinking cycle, um, being in that victim mentality or just, yeah, feeling shameful, like that definitely can trigger us to go back into that cycle. So this is such a good topic to talk about. So thank you, Felicia, for the question. Felicia, I actually met through the podcasting group that I'm in. Um, the woman who I took my podcasting course through um, has a, you know, a community online. And so I met her through there. She's also, she's also in the recovery, I guess, space. She's a, um, psychotherapist, I believe. And so she's about to start a podcast soon. So once she gets that going, I'm definitely going to reach out and hopefully have her on the podcast. So anyways, let's dive into this question. So I think this is where, you know, when we're talking about shame, this is where knowing your Bible is super important because the Bible talks all about this. And, you know, some of the things it tells us to do are not easy. Um, but I know from my personal experience that, um, we can definitely be free from shame. Um, you know, I've done so many, so many shameful things in my past. Like, oh my gosh, like, there, but there's no reason to to roll around in that shame, you know. I could I could feel shamed about all the things I did in my past, but that's not who I am anymore. And you know, even if I did something now, like there's still grace and forgiveness, and there's you know steps that I can take to turn and repent from whatever it is that I'm feeling guilt or shame about. Um, but yeah, so I mean, let me just kind of riff a little bit. What I think there's a difference between like guilt like good guilt that lets us know like, Hey, we did something wrong here and we need to, you know, fix this. And then I think 
where shame is comes in, it's like shame is like a story where it's like you're a ter- terrible person. Like, how could you do this? Like, what's wrong with you? Um, like, oh my gosh, like if anybody found out this, like you would be, you know, it's like this story that like almost like the enemy is telling you to keep, and it might not even be the enemy. It might be, you know, your own thoughts, um, left unchecked that are just like feeding the shame and really keeping you stuck. Right. Cause guilt, there's something we can do, but shame, it's like, you know, it's just kind of like piling on, um, how terrible we are. So let's dive in. I have seven scriptures for you um, that talk about shame and there's steps that I've walked through um, and ways that we can apply this. So the first scripture I want you to know is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So whatever you've done that you feel ashamed about, like this is common to mankind. Like you are not the only one. You might feel like you're the only person that whoever did whatever you did um, that you feel ashamed about, but I promise you, you're not. (laughs) You're not the only one. Um, So I feel like that's really helpful to know that whatever it is that you're feeling ashamed about, it's not unique to you. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of other people who have have done this. Um, And so I find comfort in that, just knowing that Whatever temptation, you know, that has overtaken me, it's common to mankind. Not meaning that it's optimal, but it's common. Um, and this, so the second verse I want you to know, and actually I would love for you to memorize this. I actually have this one memorized. Um, it's such a good verse to know. It's John 1, 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. So there's so many things here, right? First, we need to confess our sin to God and know that he's faithful and he's just and he will forgive us our sins. And not only will he forgive us, he will purify us from all unrighteousness. So that's a verse you need to memorize, commit to memory, you know, hold in your heart, know that verse. And then the next verse, um, so we move from, you know, confessing our sin to God. um, And then I think that if you're still, still feeling, you know, guilty or maybe not guilty, maybe you're still feeling shameful about it. um, Then we move to James 5, 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I know that certain sins, um, you know, we don't want to talk to anybody about like certain things that we feel shameful about. Like we don't want to talk to anyone. We never, we want to take this to the grave. Um, I understand that completely, but that is like, I think, so my therapist kind of brought this up. It's, it's like what happens as far as like, you know, what happens in our minds and how this, you know, shows up in our, you know, binge drinking cycle or, you know, whatever your, um, coping mechanism of choice is that's not healthy, right? Unhealthy coping. Um, what happens is like, if we don't bring this 
you know, thing that we feel shameful about to light, like it's just going to be like, it's going to be like a spider in the corner and it's just going to keep creating this web in our mind. And we have to like take that spider and bring it to the light, you know, or I don't know how else to say this. (laughs) That was just like an analogy that I heard. It's like, if we don't take the spider out, like it's just going to keep creating that web and Um, It's going to keep festering in our minds. Um, So I think it's something really powerful to confess whatever it is that you're feeling ashamed about, especially if it's something that like, you're like, I'm taking this to the grave. Find someone who is like a safe person who um, you know that you can trust, that you know that's not going to, you know, go out and tell your secrets. Um, You know, maybe that's a a Christian counselor or a therapist, or maybe it's like a really good friend that you like, you know, you trust (laughs) with your life. I don't know. Um, But having a really safe person to confess your sins to and have them pray for you, um, that is so healing. And having that freedom from the shame um, by bringing it out to the light, like that, there's so much freedom in that. Like, you know, you're not going to continue to have to tell yourself that story like of why you should feel ashamed um, or replay that thing you did in your mind like over and over and continue to punish yourself for it, you know, years down the line. Um, yeah, so James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Um, now we'll go to the next verse that is Matthew 5, 23 through 24. So if when you are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has any grievance against you, leave your gift at the altar and go first, make peace with your brother and then come back and present your gift. So say, you know, what you've done and that you're feeling ashamed about, um, involves someone else, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe (laughs) you cheated on someone, maybe you slapped someone. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just giving some ideas, some examples, if it has something to do with someone else, right? If, if it, if you going to make peace with them is not going to hurt you or them, Um, I believe that's the step in AA is to, you know, try to make amends, Um, you know, confess what you did, you know, say, you know, take responsibility for it and, you know, ask for forgiveness from that person. That is, you know, the biblical thing to do. Um, Not always the easiest, but definitely, you know, that is a step that you can take to free yourself from shame. Um, and then the next verse is second Corinthians 10, five says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So what I'm, you know, interpreting this as is like, So say you have that shame script in your mind, like where you are, you know, continuing to think this thought about what you did that is making you feel ashamed. Um, I want you to remember that 
again, that verse that John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. So, so I just realized that I've been saying John 1, 9. The verse is actually 1 John 1, 9. You know, if our, you know, thought is, you know, continuing to tell us like that we are, you know, terrible people or, um, you know, that we should feel ashamed. However, that thought is showing up in your mind that's, you know, making you feel shameful. Grabbing that thought and making that thought align with scripture, which is that you, if you confess your sin, you will be forgiven. So you don't have to continue to beat yourself over the head over something you did because God's already forgiven you. Um, and something else that I learned that really helped me let go of shame is knowing that our brain has like these neural pathways. Actually, my, I think my therapist told me this. It's like our brain has these neural pathways. They're like roads, right? Um, and so say, for example, like your brain has this road that tells you how to brush your teeth without even thinking about it, right? You just know how to do it. Like it's just like ingrained, like you don't even have to think about it. Well, so these shame scripts that we have, like it's also like a road that your, you know, your brain can go down. Like your brain thinks the same thoughts like several times a day. I, I know there's like some kind of science behind it that there's like a certain amount of number that you think the exact same thought over and over every day. Um, and so this thought may be one of those where it's coming up over and over. Um, and so part of getting free from that is to obviously follow those steps to, you know, confess your sin to God, know that he forgives you, know that he's going to purify you. And then also to confess your sin to someone else if you need to, and then to ask for forgiveness from someone else if you need to. Um, and if you've done all those things, um, then you don't need to continue to to go through that shame script. You know, you, you can take that thought captive. You can notice, notice when that thought is coming in your mind. Maybe you snap and you tell yourself to think about something else. As soon as that thought comes in your mind, you take that thought captive and throw it out and say, no, God's already forgiven me for that. Um, I, you know, I don't need to go through this again. God's already forgiven that. Um, and you know, like I, I want you to know that for sure, because Jesus didn't die on the cross for, for no reason, right? Like we believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And so Jesus died knowing that you were going to do whatever you were going to do. Um, and we need to believe that that sacrifice was enough and we need to take God at his word. Otherwise Jesus died for nothing. Okay. Um, so my next verse is Romans two, four, and we only have two more verses. So hang in there. Um, so Romans two, four, this is a summary. Okay. Um, basically what it's saying is his kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. So, if, for example, the thing you're feeling ashamed about is like waking up the next morning and, you know, having a hangover, like, you know, we can accept God's grace and his kindness and forgiveness. But what that is meant to do is to 
allow us to see the goodness of God and it it should spurn our hearts to want to repent and to turn away from our sin if it's something that you're continually and continually you know um, habitually falling into right not just like a one-time sin this is like a, a habitual sin um, his kindness and his forgiveness is not meant to um, give us grace to you know sin continue sinning you know it's grace to sin no more grace to repent and turn to him and then my last verse that I wanted to share is Hebrews 8:12. It says, "For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sin no more." I love that. Um because God doesn't remember our sin. You know, he that's what his word says, so we got to take him at his word. His word's telling us that he's going to remember our sin no more. He's going to forgive our wickedness and remember our sin no more. As far as the east is from the west is how far our sin is from us. Um so we don't have to continue to beat ourselves over the head over it when God's forgiven us um, and tells us He's not holding that sin over our head anymore. You know, He's He's saying He's He will remember their sin no more. Um, so I hope that encourages you um, to take some action if you need to. You know, I know some sins where you, you know, like I said, you're it's one of those things that you're like, I'm taking it to the grave. But, you know, it's been years that you've held on to that secret and that shame is like, it's festering. So you just need to get it out into the light and, you know, let that shame go and, you know, take that thought captive, know that God's forgiven you, know that you don't need to continue beating yourself over the head um, and shaming yourself about it. But, you know, the, the best thing that you can do is, is change your ways. You know, if it's, if it is like a habitual sin, if it's something like that, um, the best thing that we can do, like the best, you know, the best, um, apology, (laughs) I guess an apology, if you will, is a changed, is changed behavior. Like it's not enough to just be like, I'm sorry, God, or, you know, God, please forgive me. It's like, he wants us to also turn from our sin Um, And walk into what he has for us because he has so much more for us. We don't need to stay stuck in that shame. That that forgiveness is fuel for us to keep going and walk in the purpose he has for us. Um, He doesn't want us to stay stuck in this shame cycle. Like if you're a parent, you know that you don't want to continue holding on to something your child did and keep punishing them for it. You know, you want to forgive it, be done with it, let him, you know, do his best or her best and be the best version of them. Like you're not holding that over their head. So why would God, you know, and he's a, he's a perfect father. So, um, anyways, let me run through those again. So we had seven scriptures. The first one was first Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Second verse is John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. Third verse is James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. 
The fourth verse is Matthew 5, 23 through 24. So if when you are offering your gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has a grievance against you, leave your gift at the altar and go make peace with your brother. Then come back and present your gift. Fifth verse is, oh, I had to pull this one back up. The fifth verse is 2 Corinthians 10.5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The sixth verse is Romans 2.4. His kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. And verse 7 is Hebrews 8.12. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sin no more. All right, friend, I hope that this episode was helpful. And if it was, definitely go leave me a review um, on Apple, a written review. I would so appreciate that. That helps um, boost the podcast and the algorithm and reach more people. So if it's been helping you, you know that there's someone else who needs this help as well. So thank you so much for being a part of this community. And don't forget to continue the conversation over on the Facebook group at the Beyond the Booze Christian Sobriety Community. Talk to you guys next week.